welcome to mile 13 i am kim she is jackie i am oh. casper they are casper that is artemis right behind casper you can't see her but she is stalking a bird and looking darn cute in the process she's mm-hmm. being beautiful and she's definitely going to jump on my laptop in the most inopportune moment <laughs> she's fluffy and cute so yeah. uh welcome to episode two point two point two of take two take two point oh these things happen of savannah georgia in which I would like to apologize for being mean to the entire <laughs> state of Georgia. Uh, I, I, so episode one has now been broadcast to the world, and nobody has sent us hate mail about how horrible of a person I am. All Not yet. four of you that have listened to it, I really want to thank you. And it's out of the four, it has been positive. But out of the four, it has been very close friends that we guilt into listening to this spouses or significant others so yeah thank you (laughs) and fyi we also kind of talk about some of this on episode three which we have already recorded yes so there's gonna be like this weird time warp thing as you listen to episode two and then listen to episode three because remember we talked about this last week when we recorded episode three but now we're re-recording episode two and i feel like we've just completely disrupted the space-time continuum why is your cat rubbing her paw on the wall See, I'm in the process of moving, and I have taken down all of the pictures and uh, all of the decorations on the walls, but I've left all the nails, and my cat (laughs) is convinced that those are bugs, and no matter how many times I tell her that they are not actually bugs and she can't catch them, she is convinced that she is going to murder every single one of the nails. But yes, I am in the process of moving, so it has been a chaotic week for me. I can imagine. Moving is horrible. I love moving. I'm really excited, though, because my commute is currently awful. It takes me an hour to get to work on a good day, two hours on a bad day. Um, The exact same. It takes me about an hour to get to work. Hey, guys, you want to know how long it takes me to get to work? Shut up. Shut up. You live at your work. Uh, Like 30 seconds. Yeah. Yeah, Shut up. So I can relate because for me, so the exit that I take to get to my job there's been um, a bunch of construction, and it's inched its way closer and closer to my exit. So oh, at no. first, it was like, oh, about a quarter mile down, that traffic's horrible. And now that is right where my exit is. So it's slowly getting further and further away. So, yeah, I, I feel you. Yeah, but my new commute is going to be 20 minutes away from work, so it's going to be much better. Nice. Ooh. Is that going to be – I wonder if that's going to be weird for you. Like, Maybe. you're so used to wor- waking up earlier to get to work, and now you get an extra, like, 40 minutes Hour of, of sleep. sleep, yeah. Yeah. Um. Oh, I did Pride stuff last weekend. Oh, yeah? Did you have fun? I was able to, I had so much fun. I was able to go to Pride Fest um, with a couple of friends, and we danced, and we partied, and I got a really cool necklace for my girlfriend, um, because I like them a lot, so I got them presents. Um, I got a non-binary flag for myself, so that was super fun. But yeah, and then next week I get to actually march in the parade, so yay! Wow. Oh, I would not like to march in. I I had to march in a parade when I was a Girl Scout and in (laughs) marching band, and I hated it. But I think maybe it's because I had to. Like, if you don't have to and you want to march in a parade, I think it's a little different. Plus, pride parades are a little bit different. It's a little bit more of a party than I'm assuming a Girl Scout parade. Okay, well, so I have a fun story. Um, so I had a friend come over this weekend, and Casper, you remember when we spent 
Oh, my notes just fell. Um, we spent like a good hour trying to find that lake. And then. Yeah, when we trekked through the woods. Yeah, so we had gone to Caesars Creek. And the lake, I didn't realize this, but the lake is um, a town that has been flooded. And now it's just a reservoir. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and so we had gone there. And my GPS never takes us to the entrance. It takes us like kind of close to it and says you've arrived. So we had spent was was an hour over an hour trying to find it. I would think more than an hour. And when I say we trekked through the woods, I meant we were like going down like deer tracks, like little deer paths through the woods, not hiking trails. Like literally just I knew the lake was in a direction and just kept walking that way. And you were probably like in sandals, weren't you? Yeah, I was. Yeah, of course you were. But <laughs> so it was funny because, oh, my husband's rolling his eyes. I love my sandals. Oh, I thought he was getting ready to sneeze. Like, look <laughs> at his face like. <laughs> oh, no. That's, that's a Jackie's being a dummy eye roll. We have a uh, peanut gallery this evening. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Audience of one. And um, so pretty much what had happened is we had given up. We'd driven like we had the GPS. We saw the lake and we we're trying to take the roads that would bring us closer. Mm-hmm. And we couldn't do that so we find like an alley road that dead ends we pull in and then we have the gps and say you know what here's a blue that's the lake here's a blue dot where we are we're just gonna walk straight towards it and see what happens so we did and it was fun i only fell in the mud once yes oh yeah because when we got there it wasn't a beach it was just like a drop off in water yeah but so the story is me and my friend uh ayla came to visit i guess yeah it was this weekend and we tried to go to the lake again and the exact same thing happened we didn't try to walk towards the lake we just gave up and got um went to the candy shop but (laughs) smarter yeah we we still couldn't figure it out nothing interesting's happened to me except jack you would like to address the fact that i'm still alive yeah you are i'm I'm alive you've survived you're 37 now i am 37 how does it feel to be alive you know what it actually feels really good i am in a really good place right now i am i was just thinking about it on the on the drive over here uh next week I'm going to go see Real Big Fish and the Aquabats with two of my really good friends from high school and my husband, Steve, and my friend, Jamie's husband, life partner. I'm not really sure what he is. I think he's just a life partner. I don't know if they ever got Significant other. Yeah. I don't think they ever actually got married. And her two kids, their two kids. And it just is really, like, I'm, I'm feeling nostalgic, but in all the best ways. You, That's good. Like nice. all the things that were cool when I was in high school are cool again. Like <laughs> the Aquabats and Real Big Fish are on tour together, and uh, like crushed velvet spaghetti strap tank top things are cool again. Are they? And, like uh, I see them in Target all over the place. All right, I believe you. I don't know, but I just feel like all of the cool things from when I was in high school are coming back, and it's it's like reliving my youth but better because now i have money <laughs> when i didn't in high school oh what's that like <laughs> yeah i'm still trying to figure out no that. you have money compared to when you were in high school and you literally had like what a job at mcdonald's maybe i was but a I hostess had... and i hated it so much so i had big... no bills though so like a hundred dollars of spending money 
versus that's valid like a thousand dollars but 990 why are you trying to kill my dreams jackie because we're dream killers that's what we do yeah (sighs) we're here to murder your dreams i didn't mean like i'm rich i mean like i have more money than i had in high school which was literally zero because i didn't oh that's true because you yeah you didn't i didn't have have a job and i didn't come from a family that had a lot of money so i had literally zero dollars in high school so now I have more than zero dollars, which is a step in the right direction. Now I have thirty dollars. Now I have like twenty dollars. Yeah, I have enough to go see the Aquabats and Real Big Fish, mm-hmm. and I hope they listen to our podcast. Maybe they won't. That'd be cool. That's okay. That's all right. It's fine. Right? Come on, Bat Commander. I don't know who that is, but you—he's the sure leader of there. the Aquabats. Yeah, Jackie, get it together. <sighs> Brandon, do you know? Do you know this yes, information? I do. Anyway, moving on. About to start a fight. Should we? That's that's a fight. He those he said fighting words. But he oh, said, oh, "What happened to my my microphone?" Just he said, get it, get <laughs> we are just you. falling apart here. It's, uh, we are okay. Do you want to talk about Savannah? Uh, Let's talk yeah. about Savannah some more. All right. So for the fourth um, time. <laughs> right. So uh, we mentioned at the end of uh, at my little bit at the end of uh, part one. That um, Savannah, by 1760, there was one slave for every two people. So we're going to kind of get into the Civil War a little bit today. Um, But before that, Savannah was a a key player in the Revolutionary War. Um, On October 8th, 1779, it played host to a battle that lasted 45 minutes and claimed 244 lives. That's a lot of people. That's a a lot of of people in a not a lot of of time. The bloodiest hour in Savannah? It could have been. Okay, because that goes into my story. Oh. And that sounds sounds about right. All right. Uh, it, and it is literally a city that is built on the backs of its dead. Um, in 2017, there were a bunch of bodies that was were found under a place called the Sorrel Weed House. Interesting. <laughs> so literally like it's just a giant if you're wondering why we're chuckling you'll find out in the next episode you're right right no no in this, it's episode. this episode in a few minutes you're gonna find out oh that's right i Never hope mind. so because i did some research See, this is what happens when we have to re-record i'm not better but so it literally is a city built on a mass graveyard so no way that could possibly be haunted. No. Yeah. Which is really interesting because, like, New Orleans is just like that, too, where it's, like, literally, uh, like, the city is built on top of their dead. And, like, a whole bunch of places like Paris is like that, too. But for some reason, Savannah is so much more haunted than everywhere else. Like, don't get me wrong. New Orleans is haunted, but Savannah oh. is just so haunted. New Orleans, I'm sure at some point we're going to do a New Orleans episode. And I can't oh, probably. wait until we do. Oh, because yeah. We did a haunted tour in New Orleans. I I am looking forward to I've done a haunted tour in New Orleans and I got a little bit of the history but it was excuse me a really long time ago and I don't remember a lot of it but I've always thought why would you build a city below sea level that's stupid and I'm sure there's probably a reason and I'm sure we'll probably him hating on towns (laughs) I'm sure we'll probably it's probably a good reason and we'll probably find out what it is when and if we when when we yeah, do when. New Orleans. We're going to do it at some point. We don't have one a choice. One day in the future, we will yeah. find out why they built a city below sea level. Um, but Savannah is not below sea level. 
Uh, let's talk about slavery, shall we? Yeah. Oh, right. boy. Fun Yay. times ahead. Oh, Kim, before you say words, last time you said a word that, Brandon, it's not. Oh, yes, I did. Yes. And I, it was a very, and when I listened to episode one, I heard myself saying this word and I was like, I don't think that's the right word. The word is mulatto. Trying to avoid it. And I, so I would like to invite Brandon to come to the mic because uh, Brandon is of mixed race. He is, has a mother who is black and a father who is white. And I have always heard the the term mulatto, but I never heard it as like a racist thing. Like I always just had thought that a like the term mulatto meant a person who is of black and white descent. And I didn't know that there was any negative connotation to it, but I am like, I think that that is wrong. Um, sure. You want, okay. You want to talk about the slavery? Okay. So, um, I'm just going to go ahead. Hey, how's it going? Casper. Good. How are you? (laughs) Not too bad. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and, uh, lay down the citation for my resources here. Um, this comes from one not only being mixed, as Kim has already stated, but also I am, I'm in my undergrad right now for uh, music. I started out in music education, but part of that is that um, my university is a, it's called an HBCU, which is a historically black college and university. And pretty much that means that all of my liberal arts classes are based around black people and being black and all things about the awesomeness of being black. So that being said, my history class was called History of Africa in the U.S. And the premise of this course is that we studied basically how Africa and everything related to the United States when slaves started bring, being brought over and, and such. So the period of time that we covered was the arrival in, um, it was in the 1620s, I believe, or it was 1619, it was somewhere around that time, when the first supposed slaves had arrived on the shores of the United States when it was still just the colonies. And the misconception here is that those people weren't actually slaves, they were indentured servants. Now, what it was is that people, when they were in indentured servitude, it was because typically they wanted to leave Europe and they had no way of paying for food and all the costs that it takes to get them across the Atlantic. So they would find a rich person who is going over to the United States as we know it now, and they would say, hey, can I work for you for a period of time to pay off a debt, and you take me over there, and that be the debt that I pay back? And they would say, sure. And it was typically between about five and seven years, um, seven in the most extreme cases, but it was typically around five or six. Wow. And they would just work off that debt. And by the time they were done, they had even had a little bit of money that they may or may not have been able to save up. A lot of people didn't really get a lot of money out of this. It was mostly for the purpose of just getting out of Europe. So um, 
after that, we didn't really start seeing slavery until closer to the, I want to say about the mid-17th century. And that was when we start seeing slavery as far as the three main trade items were indigo, rice, and tobacco. And that was just because we grew some awesome tobacco here, apparently. Yeah, we have really got good some, dirt. Got really some real dirt. good dirt. <laughs> yeah, we used to have some really good, um, some crops, you know, and we really do. My parents would argue different because now it's like whenever they build a house, people just strip all the topsoil off and you're left with this rocky mound of Okay, Clay. but we are, we are not in the breadbasket of America. This is also very true. We're in Ohio. And yeah, right. All right, so I don't Ohio's mean to get... Weird. Okay, sorry. I'm trying not to get off topic, but I will defend our dirt. Uh, I, I can... That's fair. <laughs> I'll give you that one. All right. But um, pretty much, so at that point, that's when things start moving along in slavery as we know it now. I mean, I love history. I mean, my my joke that I always tell Jackie and and my friends is that while my best friend was off having vacation on Myrtle Beach every summer, I was walking battlefields at Gettysburg. Yes. And Gettysburg is my joint, and I love that place. I've probably been there about 16 times. We will also cover Gettysburg in a future episode because uh, I'm a Civil War fan, and we're just going to do it like this. You you guys don't get to stay in this. Oh yeah, my we should um probably get my father in on that because he knows a lot about Gettysburg and the other thing is he also um he he um used to collect world uh like war memorabilia for from the Civil War and rifles and weaponry and sabers and stuff and it was just like he just knew his stuff. Cool. All right. Cool. But anyway. um. Yes, uh, slavery, as we are taught in school with cotton and everything, didn't really come across until uh, about the 1830s. And I'm, I'm also taking this off uh, the top of my head as I can remember it from my teacher. But it, it started uh, like around the 1830s, maybe a little bit before. And what happened was that was because England used to source their cotton from India. And everything in India, that's where the cotton was produced and textiled and everything or, or whatever the process was then. And then they would export it to England. Well, England found out what, how to start doing this stuff all on their own when the cotton gin became a thing. And so they started getting raw cotton from India and then um, textiling it and uh, processing it in their own country, which really messed up with India's economy. So then in order for the U.S. to fight back because nobody really cared about indigo, tobacco, or rice anymore, we started processing and growing our own cotton because we got good dirt. Oh, things were That's rotten right, we in the land of cotton until Whitney built the cotton gin. Thank you, Schoolhouse Rock, for teaching me my history. He's from, he's from Ohio. Did you know that? Oh, really? yeah, I knew that. I remember uh, watching Schoolhouse Rock when I was a kid. Schoolhouse so, Rock was back awesome. Back to my original question: Is the term "mulatto" an inappropriate term? And if it is, will you please, on behalf of all biracial people, accept my apology for my genuine ignorance? 
Oh, definitely. It's not a thing that's talked about a lot. Um, the term mulatto was used for children of slaves who were born of their owners. And um, I was trying to think of a delicate way to put that. But, I mean, um, there is no delicate I mean, there's really not. Sure. I mean, it's we're, not we're talking about enslaving leg. people. <laughs> yeah, there's no nice way to say that you owned another human. Yeah, it, it's a sucky thing. But um, sometimes the masters would sleep with their slaves and... Thus, they would have children who were of lighter skin, but not quite the pure white person. So they would, they came up with a name for them. They called them mulattoes. And typically they were, you know, house slaves. Sometimes, you know, just because they were of fairer skin, they were assumed to be weaker sometimes. And uh, there's, there's a lot to it. And not too much is really explicitly direct it, it there's not really a direct correlation to any kind of discrimination there but it was pretty discriminatory as far as like oh you're just not a really like, dark slave well and i mean the the existence of of biracial slaves in and of itself is pretty discriminatory because they were the product of rape oh yeah definitely so, yeah. i mean it's not like their very existence is kind of a lousy thing I mean, not yeah, not no, not for not them. Like, like, oh, wish you were never born. But right, it's like yeah, it kind of like sucks. The, like the fact that they were born of rape. Like, yeah. Because I I don't imagine that there were too many consensual encounters like this between the white slave master and the African slave. I I just I don't think that that's probably a thing that happened a lot. Right. Um. The other thing that we have to take into consideration is that there's a huge difference between a slave colony, which the Americas were, well, not the Americas, the, uh, the 13 colonies were not slave colonies. They were colonies that had slavery, and there's a huge difference here. Um, down in the Caribbean, South Americas, we had slave colonies, and basically what that was is that nearly 100%, it was a vast majority, almost 100% of the time, their economy was dictated politically, economically, and culturally by slavery. And typically, the, the slave colonies, you didn't even have the, like, anybody who wasn't a slave living there. It was typically the, the entire population of that area was slaves. And here in America, um, or back then the colonies, we had... The highest rate of slave to non-slave ratio was, like, I think Mississippi and I th it was either North Carolina or South Carolina, um, was 50-50. Hmm. And it was barely that. It was, like, 49-51, typically. Wow. With that, wait, that's what? Slave to non-slave ratio? Yeah, like, slave to non-slave. So you would have, like, four, like at the... Are we talking just black people, or are we talking like just sl like slaves? Yeah, would be the forty nine percent. Okay, and then the majority was people who were free. Oh, okay. So black people like black who were free. and what? No, not oh, just black like and everybody. Okay, because, yeah, because according to um, Hidden History of Savannah, the book where I'm getting all of my research from, by 1760 in Savannah there was one slave for every two people. Right. So, but still, yeah, that's, so that's one slave right. for every one, two people. 50, 50. Yeah, right. And that's just one town. Right. And that's probably a major city at the time. Oh, yeah. It was, yeah, it was a pretty, it's always yeah. been a pretty big port city. Um, so, yeah, yeah we're not going to get, things are not going to get much better. Thank you. 
Brandon, for our for for clearing some of that up. Um, Thank you, Brandon. Far more qualified than I to speak about um, the history of uh, black people and slaves. I just hope I didn't give any wrong information because I'm literally trying to remember about like six weeks of history. If he did, I am the one that like baited him into taking the mic so you can target your anger at me and not him. You also <laughs> know 100% more than I do, so. Yeah, there you go. It's interesting stuff. I like history. It yeah. Interesting stuff. Um, so slavery primarily came in two forms, urban slavery and plantation slavery. Uh, urban slaves had curfews. They had to carry tickets that said where they were going, why, when they were expected home. Um, and in urban urban slaves, uh, a lot of times free free black folk and slaves could co-marry, and sometimes they lived together even. Plantation slaves, not so great. Um, I'm gonna not read a fun an time. Excerpt. Yeah, no. Um, so this is an excerpt from, uh, this is actually from Frederick Douglass's autobiography. There were no beds given to the slaves unless one coarse blanket be considered such, and none but the men and women had these. They find less difficulty from the want of beds than from the want of time to sleep, for when their day's work in the field is done, most of them having their washing, mending, and cooking to do, and having few or none of the ordinary facilities for doing wither of these, very many of their sleeping hours are consumed in preparing for the field the, the coming day. And when this is done, old and young, male and female, married and single, drop down side by side on one common bed, the cold, damp floor, each covering himself or herself with their miserable blankets, and here they sleep until they are summoned to the field by the driver's horn. So, uh, yeah, we can't say enough how bad slavery sucked and how much uh, it was, like, it, this was not a good time. In, mm-hmm. uh, this is not a, a mark of pride in American history. Uh, it, and, it fucking sucked. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, there's no other way to say it. Um. And it was illegal for slaves to be, at least in Savannah, for slaves to be educated. Um, That's not to say that people didn't try to educate slaves. Both black and white people tried to educate slaves. But there was a punishment if you were found operating one of these secret schools. If you were white, uh, the punishment was $500. If you were black, the punishment was $100 plus 30 lashes. Now- That doesn't sound like a hundred wow. bucks. Okay, but that's we're talking eighteen. What is that? Eighteen fifty-five time. Yeah, what's that in our time? Money. Two thousand nine hundred and twenty-two dollars. <gasps> Holy crap! Oh my gosh! So you tell me, and the then average you're black also you're gonna get whipped. Has, like, yeah, you tell me the average black person in the deep south savannah that has almost three grand, and you get thirty lashes. I mean, you're not they. People can't pay that. A lot of people now can't pay yeah. that. Yeah, I know. I couldn't. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't just come up with three grand like, oh, here you go. Yeah, let me so just burn So if them. you couldn't pay it, would you have to like, would you yourself have to go into like debtor's prison or would you become an indentured servant to pay it? Like, how would you pay yes. that off? Yes, probably indentured to servitude, probably jail, um, probably even more lashes. Uh, so yeah, there's, it's, it's. Not and it's so ironic because, like you mentioned, Savannah was started as a reprieve from debtor's prison. Yeah, and let what a hundred years later, it's become 
kind of everything that Oglethorpe left to get away from. Mm-hmm. Oglethorpe, why did you leave us? I know. We've said it time and time again. Uh, I miss Ugh. Oglethorpe. I know. I miss Oglethorpe. Um, we're not even at the worst part yet. Oh, I'm sure. Sorry. We're going to talk about a, a thing called the Weeping Time. Uh, two of the darkest days in American history. Like, just really. Oh, that just days. sounds lovely. Yeah, that yeah. sounds great. It's Let's... just, it's real bad. March 2nd and 3rd, 1859. This guy named Pierce Butler, who co- coincidentally was the signer of the U.S. Constitution, sold 436 slaves that he owned. <gasps> Wait. He owned over 436 slaves. That's just him. like my high school graduation class. Yeah, that is yeah. bigger than my, oh, that's bigger than my entire high school. He owned more than that. He oh. sold off 436 of them, separated m- men and wives, separated mothers and children, fathers and children, brothers, sisters, didn't care. Um, he sold each slave for an average of $700 a piece. So he made a tidy little profit of about more, like more than $6 million in today's currency. Holy crap. Oh. In two wow. days worth of time by selling 436 people. By selling people. Yep. Wow. Wow. It was the largest slave sale in Georgia history. Wait, so why did he do it? Um, I am not really just sure. Just because? I, just because, I guess, maybe he was going into retirement and didn't feel like he needed that many in war. I don't know. He hmm. was probably facing um, some financial hardships and just needed to offload needed some Needed the money. Yep. More um, than he so needed yeah. labor. Yep. So, uh, the, the weeping time. And understandably, why it's called the weeping time. I mean, it's the weeping time because of all of the people who were separate. Like, Openly weeping? Yeah. I yeah. Can't, yeah. I can't imagine. Like, you are you're a child and you are being separated from your parents. You like the only life you've ever known. It's, it's just, ugh. um, trying to get through. I have a couple of other things that I want to touch on. Okay. Um, so this is uh kind of, so that's 1859. We're getting into the Southern or the, um, civil war era. Women in Savannah were actually pro war. Hell Yeah. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they, a lot of women urged their husbands to leave. Um, and they, Sorry. Honestly, they it's were like, because. You can go. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Honestly, I'll be fine. Be, war is good for the economy. Uh, I Even now, war is good for the economy. Yeah, I just pictured a disgruntled housewife like, Ugh, Get out. you can leave, please. Oh, there's Trust a war. Trust me, good. I'll be fine. There's a war. Oh, you can go ahead, honey. Don't worry about it. I'll try not to miss you. All right. So this is a this is a quote from the diary of Mrs. Josephine C. Habersham. I love her. Yeah. She doesn't sound snotty at all, does she? No. $58 for summer muslin. $195 for a dress I could have got two years ago for just $9. $60 for a straw bonnet. Untrimmed. 
I love the, the accent. Audacity. <laughs> also, we just lost all of our Southern listeners if they were still listening based off that accent alone. No, we promised Kim like Savannah. You mi- the apology just hasn't wait, happened just yet. Just wait. Wait till we get to episode three. There is an apology. I'll redeem myself. It's all right. Maybe. Um, so the cost of goods in the South had skyrocketed. Uh, it, it was like just things sucked. And and war is good for the economy, and that's what they thought. But actually, it was not good for the economy because the prices of everything went up. It was just bad times. Bad times. Woo. Um, so, the Civil War sucked. It, uh, Savannah was part of the uh, March to the Sea. Uh, so, um, but it was, it was largely spared, I believe. So, we're going to fast forward. We've covered enough bad stuff from me uh, today. So we're going to fast forward to now and Savannah's legacy. Um, Savannah is, there are some things that are like kind of uniquely Savannah. Uh, Peaches. Well. I have about 15 pounds in my fridge right now, so. Southern food. Oh, Southern food. Enjoyed by the platterful today, like fried foods, hush puppies, spicy seafoods and gumbos. We're all derived from Yeet. menus created from slave rations comprising things like rice and peas, sweet potatoes, mackerel, molasses, pork, bacon, meal, and grits. The food that developed were delectable amalgamations of cultures from opposite sides of the ocean. Yeah. So, so a lot of the really good southern food, like deep fried dipped in butter, is the result of the Civil War in Savannah. So um, I'm not going to say that the Civil War had good things to come out of it. But they did. They kind of did because but we don't have slaves they, anymore. So oh, that's like one yeah, thing. Yeah, that too. But that I mean, too. I, also I was thinking the food. <laughs> but I mean, we, we could have just not had slavery to begin with. True. So that's kind of a two-sided coin. But we also um, have some really good food. To come out of not only, I'm trying to, like, I'm digging myself in here. Yep. I, like, because the food came from slavery. Like the culture of the black people that came over as slaves, brought uh, like mixed with the white culture. Brandon, come! We need you to dig us out of this hole. We can't. <laughs> no, 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 I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. I can get myself out this time. I can get myself out this time. But it's also it's not just because of slavery. It's also because um, people like back in Civil War era, black, white, green, purple, whoever it. Like things were tight. People didn't have a lot of food. So you had to get creative with what you had. And as a result, there were some deliciously happy accidents. Mm-hmm. See, I dug myself out all by myself. I'm proud of you. I know. I'm getting better at this. Insert applause track. <laughs> all right. So um, there are some other cool things that came out of uh, this mixture of the races. Uh, a language called Gullah, which I think is amazing. And you can still hear it in some parts of the deep, deep south. Basically, um, you they like it. It's like English slang as well as derivatives of African terms. So they, they it's like it's like Africanglish, hmm. kind of cool. But they call it Gullah because that's way more fun to say. Things like woman, 
like they would say it it almost sounds like pigeon like what uh jamaican like the jamaican pigeon language i don't know what that is um so like they would say woman which is woman day clean which means dawn crack teeth meaning to talk like crack teeth crack teeth oh. um and at the risk of offending again and i'm sorry if i do but this is just what it reminds me of to me like it kind of reminds me of when like little kids like toddlers are first starting to talk because like one of my favorite gullah words vegetable <laughs> vegetable it's a vegetable i love like, i can picture language is so cool Mm-hmm. And honestly, it's a linguistic thing. Like, it's people learning to speak a language. Yeah. So that's awesome. Like, you're learning to speak another language. But, like, as a result, and it's the same way when toddlers learn to talk. Like, they're learning to speak a language. Yeah. Um, some other uniquely Savannah things. Haint blue. Um, what? The word haint blue. The word haint is old slang, meaning ghost. It was commonly used in the region for centuries. Um, and it came from the Gullah language of the colonial era. Um, so it's not unusual because people in Savannah, like, hardcore believe in ghosts. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's not unusual to encounter people who go out of their way. Even people who, like, science kind of people are like, mm, I'm not going to take any chances. Um, so the old belief is that ghosts can't cross over water. So people would paint the threshold of their house blue to try to confuse the ghosts and make them think, oh, oh you can't come across my threshold because it's blue like water. Um, and so they, they have a color called haint blue. It's Vampire ghosts. That's so cool. It's still very popular. Wait, so I is it like, paint what's everything it I own to? that color now? Um, <laughs> yeah. I, haint blue, I think it's like, it's like a bluish gray, I think almost. Like, like a, a really cool gray. Yeah, like a, yeah, like a slightly more bluish. Um, but it's interesting. Th- they say that it's been shown that color has been shown to cut down on gnats on front porches. So it actually huh. does serve like a real actual purpose besides keeping ghosts out of your house. Hmm. Because besides I, ghosts. Well, <laughs> I mean, I'm a little skeptical that ghosts can't go over water. I've seen enough horror movies to know that ghosts can drown you in the bathtub. Yeah. So I'm a little yeah. skeptical. Or like but, phantom ships that people see in water. Oh, yeah. And yeah. 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 I'd agree with that. So yeah, I'd agree with that. I'm all about any color that keeps the gnats away. So go haint blue. Is it hate or haint? Haint. H-I-N-T. Haint. Oh, okay. I was picturing hate this whole time. Like no, a hate. Haint. No, haint. Things. Like a haunt. Haint. Haint. Oh. Yeah. Okay, that's I'm a not. much better joke that, or a much better reference than I was going to make about what it would rhyme with. <laughs> paint, 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 paint. Is that what sure, you're going for? yeah, sure. That was it. <laughs> so, Brandon, we don't need your hints. <laughs> Savannah also has something um, that is kind of uniquely Savannah. It's Savannah gray brick. Oh, um, they were. Uh, first made back in the 1800s by slaves at Hermitage Plantation, which is just west of Savannah. Originally, they were considered less prestigious than English red brick, um, but after the fires of the Civil War, everybody like was looking for any kind of brick that they could rebuild. So um, the Sorrel Weed House that we mentioned earlier uh, is made of Savannah gray brick. Hmm. Um, and 
they've never been, they haven't been replicated today. So the remaining original Savannah gray brick is very expensive. Um, and unfortunately, uh, it like the way that they made it is kind of lost to the ages. So, um, oh wow, tabby is a Savannah thing. Uh, it's concrete with shells in it. Basically, um, it's made of lime, water, sand, oyster shells, and ash, and it's really, really pretty. Like it's got um, like big pieces of oyster shells, so it's got that kind of cool. like mother of pearl sheen in it. And you find it on like you there are whole buildings that are made with tabby like clay kind of stuff. Um, and then the last thing that is real um, that kind of is a big deal in Savannah, I love this idea and as an introvert i might start doing this pineapples <laughs> um in the deep south a lot you will see pineapples as like part of the decor and especially in savannah mm. what they would do because pineapples were kind of an expensive commodity so like if you had a house guest that came to visit you either the guest would bring you a pineapple as like a gift for letting them stay with you, or you would get um, a pineapple to kind of like show off your wealth and like, look, I can afford a pineapple. You put it on the table and like you just use it as your centerpiece. But then when the host or hostess decides that it's like you basically overstayed your welcome or not like you're in danger of overstaying your welcome and it's time Mm -hmm. for you to leave you they'd slice up the pineapple and you would have it for breakfast and then that's like your sign like all right i've had enough of you you need to get out now <laughs> that's so polite it is a it's really the passive socially appropriate like, way to say get the fuck out yeah <laughs> it is super passive aggressive and i support it with my whole being i and I'm, need I to love get that passive idea. aggressive pineapples right now <laughs> i'm gonna start doing we should it. make t-shirts to say passive aggressive pineapple i like it is that the episode name? Miles. Oh, there we go. Mile 13 marketing idea number one, the passive aggressive pineapple t-shirts. Look for merch coming soon. Yep. <laughs> coming in a podcast near you. Yeah. All right. So that's all I got on Savannah and its history. Uh, special cameo by Brandon. Thank you for. Unexpected cameo. Special unexpected cameo by Brandon. Thank you for doing my job. Thank you, me. Brandon. Yes. Better than I did. Also, he took my mic, so if you're like, where did Jackie go for that whole conversation? <laughs> if you wondered conversation, why Jackie was really, really quiet for a while there, that's why. She turned, she morphed into a man. <laughs> Surprise. Yeah. No, you don't sound I like literally, so while Brandon was giving that talk, I got a beer and drank the whole thing while he was talking. Are you so. that nervous? We've no. been doing this long enough now that like you should No, it was anymore. good. No, it was Yingling, which is... No, there's two. There, there's one left. And then I had another yingling. I'll get you some beer. I'll get you some. I'll bring some next time. Well, do you want to go get beer after this? Oh, my gosh. I don't, okay. I don't know if the mics are picking up on all of this, but there's marital discord in the Cyrus household right now. It, it's okay. We just need more beer, and <laughs> it'll all be good. It's fine. <laughs> beer 30 along every ago, every 30 on the clock is beer 30 for you he, every 30 so he on wakes the clock up at 3 30 in the morning to drink a beer so that's not true <laughs> i don't even know what happens at 3 30 in the morning but i know for a fact that brandon is not a morning person i have known brandon for <laughs> what like 15 years now almost and i can personally attest 
to the many, many times that Brandon has fallen asleep on the floor. Like when I was Brand, I was Brandon's teacher at one point, in, like in high school, and I can personally attest that he would come into my classroom and not lay down, but flop down by the radiator and fall asleep until the bell rang, like the warning bell to get to class, and he would like pop up off the ground. Sometimes it would really startle me because I would think he would be like <laughs> out dead to the world. He'd just, I like, can one hundred percent picture this and like grab his bag and like run out the door. So I I know for a fact that Brandon is not waking up at three thirty in the morning for anything, hey, especially not was, drinking a beer. That floor was warm and comfy. Brandon being sleepy and dramatic, I don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. Okay, so my story. Is the Sorrel Weed House. Wow, what a surprise! Wow. What? You guys didn't know that? The <laughs> listeners didn't know that's crazy. Well, um. crazy. <laughs> hey, it's oh, made out of special bricks. Go. We just learned that. Yeah. And then I think there was something else, but I forget what it was. You can rewind it and figure it out. Do you think they have passive aggressive pineapples on their counters? Oh, I like to believe so. Probably. Um Okay, so Kim right now is peeing, so I just wanted to point that out. So um, I was going to say, where did Kim go? She's gone. I killed her. There's a ghost in here now, and it's Kim. Um. Oh, I thought Brandon was laughing, but it wasn't at me. Okay. <laughs> you thought you so, were just really funny for a second there? <laughs> I did. He just busted up laughing. I was like, wow, that wasn't even that good of a joke. I'm so um, funny. <laughs> You know how I am. Um, so the Sorrel Weed House, it was built in 1840, and it was a casual 16,000 square feet. Which, oh, like my summer beach house. Yeah. Yeah. Which my apartment, for reference, is like 600. And I, I don't even know what 16,000 is. Like, I thought my parents was big. I think mine is like 24. Square feet or 2,400? Square feet. Oh, yeah. So just my, like, multiply that by 50 billion. <laughs> right. Um, and so imagine this. It was actually one of the biggest houses in the city because no house is 16,000 square feet. Um, Nor should be. Yeah. Like, what you doing with no all idea. that land? Give it back. Yeah. Um, so I thought this was kind of cool. So when I was doing research on the house, Every single um, source always mentioned that it was an iconic Greek-style home, um, which I guess sticks out in Savannah. Like, you're not expecting a Greek-style house in the Deep South. That's true. And it had Doric columns on the front, which I don't know if you remember what those are from art history. You know for a very strong fact that I was not paying attention in any of our art history <laughs> classes. Did, did you say it has Dork columns? Doric. Oh. It's just a type of column, but we learned it in art history, and I no, thought you, it was you heard right, Kim. They're Dork columns, like Jackie's a dork. No, I thought the they columns. were good. <laughs> They're Dork, guys. <clears throat> okay. Brandon said the only reason that uh, Robert E. Lee fought with the south is because he sided with virginia and then after the war he was wait what did you say he was a yeah so robert e lee's not a bad guy he seems yeah. like a decent I, guy i mean Stand aside from the whole aside from the whole being like a traitor to the nation thing he's really not that bad yeah, <laughs> details 
you know, just small details. Details. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Robert Ely, he actually visited the Sorrell Weed House in 1861. And um, a while later, so they were doing renovations to the house and they had found this secret room. And in the secret room, they had found, uh, it was, uh, oh, oh, never mind. Um, <laughs> it was a draft of the Confederate surrender signed by Lee. Huh. So he might've written it there or at least had a draft in the house at one point. It's probably not worth anything today. Yeah. It's, it's casual. Sorry. I thought in my notes that I'd not finished my sentence, but I had like flopped it around. <laughs> again with the professionalism yep top notch um, guys yeah thanks i do what i can um so Never know what you're in gonna e- find in a secret room yeah could be bodies could be priceless artifacts yeah you never know it's a crapshoot really could be a confederate surrender signed by robert e lee it's like that show storage wars yeah yep pretty much the same <laughs> exactly the same <laughs> Uh, so in 1862, and this was a year after Lee had visited the house, uh, Henry, Henry Weed purchased the house and he started making renovations immediately. And so again, Weed, um, Sorrel Weed House. These are the two names that make up it. So our second main character got it. Yes. Part two. And the sequel. (laughs) Haunted House Part 2. He, so this kind of filled me with rage more so than the stairs, but he bricked off all the windows on the first floor so people couldn't uh, look in his house and see his daughters. But so it was completely blocked off. Were they that hideous? (laughs) (laughs) I think he was going for pretty, but you know. Okay. The slagathor looking was, through I the think windows. He was going more for like you can't look at my daughters because they're beautiful, less of like these are fugly whores. Like, yeah. Which we just watched the Game of Thrones episode with the Red Wedding, but the guy that had all the the daughter wives, and I yeah, picture a very similar situation. Yeah. No, that is not confirmed. He just was did not want people looking at his daughters, so he. Up See, I am a, I'm a delicate house. flower who needs sunlight every day to survive, and that just like that makes me so upset that like your entire first floor would just be dark all the time. Yeah, I am. That the is same. true. I'm the same. I need natural light. My like, kitchen doesn't have a window, and that makes me really upset. And all yeah. my other rooms have windows. Yeah, I I'm the same. I'm with Casper. Like I need natural light because I have clinical depression for one thing, and mm-hmm. so like I already have kind of a, I have a serotonin. Like my body doesn't make enough serotonin, and I don't think it makes enough vitamin D either. So like I need as much sunlight as humanly possible, and I would be like if I was that daughter, I probably I would have just. Mm-hmm. thrown myself on the fainting couch and wept all day long also you're talking about a relatively serious topic and your hands are stained green and it's really hard for me to take you seriously i was tie-dyeing right with the children today um <laughs> <laughs> yes so um weed lived in the house from 1862 to 1875 where he died in the house so that's one death and 
his family owned the house until 1914. And since then, the house has kind of um, traded hands a lot. It it was apartments for a while. Ugh. It was, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure it was a nice house. Well, I I don't know. Maybe it's just my my thinking of apartments. Like I, I I would think, and I'm probably wrong about this, but like I would think that if you turned a beautiful old mansion oh, into apartments, yeah. that like it's I don't know. Maybe they were really nice apartments and like they didn't do a lot of renovations, but I'm I see what you're saying, but like each room has to have a bathroom and yeah. a kitchen. Yeah. Like, I feel like you're ruining the character of the house. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, but um so yeah, it was apartments, shops. I, I think it's currently a museum, but it's passed hands a lot, switched what it is a lot. A lot of people have been going in and out, living in it, visiting it. And yeah, so a lot of traffic. So, you might be wondering, why is it haunted? Uh, no, actually, I'm not wondering why it's haunted. I happen to know that ghosts don't like their houses messed with. Yeah, and it's been messed with a lot. That's probably why it's haunted. Actually, no, that's probably why there's paranormal activity. But why is it haunted, Jackie? What so. horrible things happen that are the reasons why it's haunted? <laughs> there's just a few things. Uh... So a lot of people, when looking at the history, look at what happened in the house after it was built. But this house is one instance of uh, what happened prior to the construction of the house on the property. And before it was built, there was um, obviously just a bunch of land. And there was a battle during the Civil War that took place in this property. And the battle is considered to be the bloodiest hour of the Civil War, Ooh. which is why I asked about that earlier. Could very well have been. Um, and so this hour, I looked into it a little bit more, and it's, it was the Siege of Savannah. And, I mean, obviously it didn't occur just on the property, but it definitely occurred, like, central to this land uh, in the surrounding areas. But uh, what had happened was... The French and American people were fighting the British uh, September through October in 1779. And during this battle, the French and Americans were, like, destroyed. Like, the British won completely. And after the war, the British had remained in control until July 1782. War is hell. on and... Yeah. Um, on and around the property, 12,000 died. Oh, my god! War is hell. 600 mm. wounded. Yeah. And 120 were taken prisoner. So, Whoa. Yeah. How big was the property? I know that the house was, you said 16,000 square feet for the house. I'm not sure about the acreage of the house. That even but still, like. On and around. The, oh, God. There's a huge. lot of death happening. A that lot. That is incredible. But I can't, my brain cannot even mm -hmm. comprehend that. Yeah. And how, how big did you say your graduating class was? Because multiply that by three. Yeah. And that might not have been yeah. in the hour. That might have been over a span of a few days and the but hour took still. place. But yeah, on and around this house. How many people did you say? 1,200. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of a big deal. <laughs> just a bit um, just a little bit of a deal yeah and so then the Sorrel dad 
um, the father died on the property. And before I get Daddy into more Sorrell. Death, there's some <laughs> Papa Sorrell. Um, the, the one that didn't want his daughter's ankles to be seen by the peeping toms of the yeah. world. Yeah, mm, yeah gotta keep but the at least peeping toms away from windows. your daughter's ankles. You know. You know them ankles. Um, so, before I get into other deaths in the house, I'm going to go into some more weird quirks with the house. So, there are wooden doors that do not have handles on the inside of the rooms. And this is because when slaves were in the house, in order to, like, instill fear and say, hey, I'm dominant over you, you are my slave, they wouldn't, like, make these really weird rules that they'd have to follow. And this would discourage slaves from running away, making them feel like they had no choice but to stay here. And so one of the rules were slaves weren't allowed to be left alone in rooms without exits. So they'd have to walk in a door, do what they had to do, and leave before the door shut. If it shut, they would be stuck in the room and punished for going in there. I don't like Papa Sorrel. Papa Sorrel is now my least favorite character of this story. Yeah, Yeah, I don't like him. Well, I don't know when those were put in, though. Okay. But he probably enforced the rule, right? Mm -hmm. Somebody put those doors in, and I don't like who that person is. Yeah. Yeah, well, and if he's by, but he, I wonder if there's, like, some self-loathing there. Maybe, or he's overcompensating for... Could be. But also, like, wait, so... Let's say you fail and you're like you're doing your task and the door closes, then you just have to like sit there and wait for the person like one of your owners to come find you and then punish you for like getting stuck in a room. That's almost worse. Yeah, yeah. and that's how they would instill fear. Like just irrational fear is if this happens, you're stuck here for hours. You it's 16,000 square feet. When is someone going only, to walk like, into yeah, one room? Like you're stuck there for a very, very long time. You probably have other tasks that you can't do then, and then you're going to get in trouble for not doing those tasks. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a and very vicious circle. I feel like it's such circle. a random thing, too. Like, what should we do? I know. Let's take out a door handle. Like, that seems like they're really grasping for straws, and how can we be just it's horrible people? There's yeah. no point to that other than just being a fear tactic. Like, there's no logical point of that. Yeah, and yeah. that's 100% what it was, is this weird rule makes you scared. I am over you. Because how many slaves do you have? There's five n- white people that aren't slaves in the house and how many actual slaves. So, well, but then I wondered, like, what, well, and I wonder, too, if you were found by another slave, mm-hmm. like, if another slave let you out, that could go one of two ways that could either be like extortion like Mm -hmm. the other slave holds it over you and if you don't do xyz then i'm going to tell mr sorrell about Mm -hmm. the fact that you were caught in here or i mean you it's like a get out of jail free card thank goodness or they help you and then they both get caught Uh, so he's like i don't want to get caught yeah i'm gonna leave you in here yeah so yeah it it could go a lot of ways i mean any outcome, not good. Not great. Uh, not great. Yeah. There's, there's better. Did anybody better die ways. like that? Did anybody, like, not I that can't I'm aware imagine of. that, like, anybody was in there. I mean, yeah, it's a big Long place, enough to actually but, die in there. I mean, they yeah. would have gotten beaten. Yeah. Like, somebody would have come looking for them mm-hmm. eventually when 
their family or whoever like their ta- yeah. like Kat said or Casper said that their tasks didn't get done. Mm-hmm. And if you think slave owners are probably on alert to when slaves run away, so if one goes oh, missing, yeah. they'll go looking. Red alert. Yeah. Um. So in the basement, there's also a room known as the Voodoo Room, Ooh. and it was. Yeah, the name's kind of intense. Uh, it was originally used as a doctor's office during the war. So this room has been the location of many uh, amputations, many deaths from the war. So again, out of those 1,200 people, so it's a lot of people got, died in that basement. It's already got some like juju going on, and mm-hmm. then you're conducting religious ceremonies. In yeah. It. This room is yeah, amazing. I love this room no so way. much. <laughs> Yeah, there's no way that anything paranormal. No, could possibly there's no way anything bad could room. ever have happened in that room to cause paranormal stuff. <laughs> yep. Again, Which casual. Being said, um, I do have to like. I can't remember if I said this in the last time we recorded or not, but um, I do find it really interesting that voodoo is always like villainized in media mm-hmm. as something that's like dark and scary and deadly. In re- all reality, like voodoo is fairly harmless it's just people praying to gods it's just a different religion and so it's just really Mm -hmm. interesting culturally speaking that voodoo is always the negative magical force in stories when it's really not that bad like yeah yeah. i most voodoo like practitioners are just like taking care of themselves like yeah like there's some sacrifices involved and stuff like that but like it's not the oh someone's gonna put a voodoo curse on you and crap like that well, and I think it's like like witches too. Like I think yeah. witches get a bad rep when a lot of, to my understanding, a lot of witches don't even worship anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong. It's not a it's not a worshipful religion. It's just a practice, and a lot of it is, um, like it's an it is an elemental stuff that actually can be scientifically backed up like mm-hmm. this herb yeah. does do this thing and this, I have like know. I have a few spell books and like most of my spell books are literally just like hey mix all of these herbs together and it's going to get rid of your headache that's just medicine like mm-hmm. it's just straight up medicine call it a spell if you I, want but I am like, very upset Casper that when you told me that you were a witch I was upset cuz you didn't get a big wart on your nose <laughs> and I know that that's a thing so I don't know if you're doing witchery right. They they haven't been <laughs> practicing <laughs> long enough. That's like a stage four witch. Casper's only at a stage two. Once yeah. you get um, what's the coven like? Is there a coven leader? What's that called? High priestess. Yeah. So yeah, once you get into the high, <laughs> that's when you high get your wart. You just grow a single wart. Yeah. But I no, I see what you're saying about the um, like voodoo is not you know being vilified but i think with any religion where you are worshiping something i think something comes of that now Mm -hmm. i am very openly christian um i believe in god i believe in demons i believe in a literal satan a literal heaven a literal hell but i also believe that there are forces in the world and in the unseen world that are beyond my understanding and my knowledge and my simple human brain. And I think any time that anybody messes with any of those forces, it's going to mess up the natural order yeah, of things. Stir sure. something. Well, 
having faith in anything gives it power. That's the whole thing. Like, that's why demons can have power. It's because if you fear them, you believe in them, and that gives them power over you. And that's why, like, if you're in spiritual warfare with, like, demons or ghosts or anything like that, like, the more scared you are of them, the more power they have over you. And so it's just interesting that, like, having faith in anything gives it power. Yeah. But you know what? <laughs> it's... I. Really, isn't it like that with everything? Like, it's like that with animals, too. Mm-hmm. Like, animals can sense fear. True. Yeah. And, and that is, fear is a very powerful motivator. So I wonder, too, like, I wonder, too, I think part of it, part of the allure and, and mysticism of voodoo is that people don't understand it and people fear what they don't understand. Mm-hmm. True. That is very true. And so I think that's why it's vilified is because I think on some level – um, white slave owners knew that what they were doing was wrong, and and I've mentioned this before, uh, probably not on the podcast, but I've I've always kind of wondered like, if slave if if white slave owners thought of their slaves as like chattel as like a like a, a, a like almost as like a horse or a cow or whatever. Mm-hmm. And yet they were reproducing with them. Like, are these same men raping their cows and horses and stuff? Like, if you're putting your slaves mm-hmm. in the same category as horses and cows, yeah. and yet you're having children with them, what are you doing with the livestock? Yeah. I still think it's a weird power play, I think, in that kind of stuff. Yeah, And I think they knew on some level that they were not livestock and mm-hmm. that they knew that what they were doing was wrong. And so, yeah, they fear their religion that they don't understand because it's foreign to them. And so I, I think that's where a lot of the voodoo scariness comes from. Yeah. We totally hijacked your segment. I'm so sorry. Oh, cool. <laughs> that was a long <laughs> no, time. <you're> <laughs> um, no, so going along with that, too, I think everything you said makes sense but then also on the much simpler level you have white people saying oh these black people have a religion evil bad scary oh they're doing something that's not um reading the bible is obviously evil and i'm in danger of being around them the strange religion that has i think it's a combination oh no no. Ooh, Ooh, spooky (laughs) spooky Um, so in my notes, my next sentence, I think I wrote this first and then rearranged it. It says, not everything was as simple as it seemed in the house. (laughs) Oh no, not quite so simple as random doors that lock on themselves in voodoo rooms that used to be hospitals. Because yeah, that's that's not not simple at all. I mean, that's so simple. So simple. Um, so Francis Sorrell, who was the original owner, he... It was a plantation that the house was on, and he immigrated to the United States to be a plantation owner. And right after he came, he married a wealthy 17-year-old woman, um, Lucinda Moxley, who died five years into the marriage of yellow fever in 1827. How old was he when he married her at 17? That would be a really good question, and that I do not have the answer. That's all right. Old. Uh, I mean, like I understand in that time, seventeen was not an unusual time to get married, but still, child, just a kid. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, you might be mourning him. Oh, poor guy, lost his wife. But it's okay because um, 
just a few, uh, two years later, after his uh, wife died, he married her sister, who was 23. So he got over it pretty quickly. He got and over that real quick. Stayed in the family. Yeah. And I think a lot of that was he knew wealthy family. Yeah. I am a poor immigrant. Yep. I'm, I have an in already because I married the other one. So it's all good. Don't so worry, he got to fine. keep the money. Yeah. Definitely don't have alternative motives. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, so his new wife, uh, Matilda, she struggled with depression and obviously it went undiagnosed. Depression isn't a thing in quote unquote. You can't see me doing it. It was the bricked up windows on the first floor. I'm telling you. It was the you. lack of Probably. sunlight. <laughs> what was, I don't see where you're getting at here. Um, so over the years, he accrued more and more wealth and had ongoing affairs with multiple women. Um, some, most of which were slaves that he owned. Some were other women uh, that were f- free and uh, some well some i mean he didn't own them as property and let's see i lost my place he's a piece of work yeah i don't like papa what's his face sorel <laughs> papa sorel yeah oh so um one of the slaves that he owned her name was molly and she actually was in charge of taking care of the children so she had her own special room in the house it well, it was actually its own building off of the house, and it was living wow. quarters. Yeah, it was pretty nice because obviously she was in charge of taking care of the children. So you want to make sure you kind of want to make sure she's happy. Yeah, because yeah, she's watching if, the things. That if you she's give her in charge to. of your kids, then you you really want her to be happy, and you also really trust her. So yeah, yeah, there's for sure trust, and she she was seen as like middle management on the house so she she was doing pretty well she was fine um probably not getting locked yeah. in those rooms yeah yeah but still not great things happened um so the house that she had secluded by herself later became where they could have privacy together and oh. I, I think it, i'm pretty sure it was consensual oh from what from what i saw um correct me if i'm wrong anyone out there or like it it could have been worse. It could have been worse. Yeah. Maybe they did care about each other. Yeah. If anything, I think that she probably saw it as, if I do this, I am in a good house, yeah. clean, good food, Not being mistreated, yeah. Yeah. So make, that's probably the, the mutual. situation. Yeah. yeah. She she saw it probably more as like a business move. Yeah. I'm safe. I'm sheltered. Um, in my own room. And so they were doing things that you would need privacy for. And Matilda. What were those things, <laughs> Jackie? What kind of things? Yeah, what are you? Were they playing checkers? Yes. Oh. Ask, ask your parents about it. Um, you're too young. Uh, yes, because the people listening to our podcast are too young. Yeah. I'm trying to keep this rated pg are we because we talk about death a lot pg-13 there we go <laughs> <laughs> um so matilda so often to battle depression matilda would like to read 
and that was one of her favorite things to do. So she was on the second floor, and where she was reading, it was looking out a window, getting her sunlight, and she could see directly into that room, and she saw oh. Molly and her husband doing things. Um, and so, peop- like, it's not... Uh, Confirmed? Con- ah, yeah. Confirmed that that was the reason why. But after this, Matilda threw herself from the second store balcony, and she crushed her skull against the flagstone courtyard. Ooh, not good. And, yeah. So that's death number, like, 3,000 on the property. And a few weeks later, Molly was found dead hanging from a noose oh, no. in that little house. And it's unknown if it was suicide because she couldn't take um, the death being kind of on her hands or if it was murder made to look like a suicide because the husband couldn't take the death of his wife. Mm-hmm. I've also so, heard in some stories that it might have been the other slaves that were mad that she was treated better. Oh, I could see that. Granted, like again, that, it's all theories and it's all stories, but like I like I remember hearing in other stories that that was also a um theory. I mean, no one knows, so it's a valid yeah. a valid uh idea. So, according to employees that currently work in the museum that is on the property, paranormal experiences happen literally every single day. There was love it. Yeah, understandably. Um, one employee quit on their first day because they were giving tours and they said the entire time they felt hands on them being touched, playing with their hair, pushing Yeah, that's a negative. Yeah. Just con that's one that, hell of a first day hazing ritual. Yeah. Just first day of the job. I, I so as someone who works with small children, I get touched out a lot. Like if but I know, like, I can push off the kid that's touching me. If I'm being touched by something that I can't see, forget it. Like, I can deal with ghosts throwing books at me and stuff, but if you're actually physically touching me all day long, no. Nope. I can handle that. I can handle anything. Deuces. I hear something, and I know it's Theodore, and then I think, well, what if it's a ghost and I'm about to die? That's so I can't. I cannot handle that. Of believing in ghosts and having a cat and the fact that, like, You'll be sitting there, and you'll see a random movement in the corner of your eye, and you'll just be like, oh, it's Artemis. And they'll be like, wait, I'm at work. That's not a thing. Artemis isn't here. (laughs) (laughs) Unless you're my husband, Steve, who we have a Jeep, and a lot of times in the summer, like, he'll just leave the the top off the Jeep, and we have two cats that live outside slash in the garage. And on more than one occasion, like, he's taken off for work, and one of the cats is <gasps> stowed away in the jeep. He's like, oh, no. come back and bring the cat home. Oh, yeah. that, that cat just wants its hair to blow in the wind. He just Living wanted to go on a joyride. Yeah. Little kitty dream. <laughs> um, so, even, okay. So, even though the two... I guess two of the three documented for sure deaths on the property um, were women. Pretty much only the ghosts that have been seen are men. So my guess is war. It's the a soldiers. lot of yeah, a lot of the death from the battles and the yeah the soldiers coming onto the property. Um, so yeah, 
honestly, I don't think Molly and Matilda are doing much from what I could understand. Um, so a lot of people can also smell cigar smoke from the men's parlor. Uh, people feel like they're being choked when they're on their property. So a lot of, again, being touched, choking. Um, people you know how can... we feel about choking. Yeah. No bueno. Unless you're Casper and then you're like, nah, it's fine. It's a ca- another day of a it's ghost. It's just a choke. It's just a ghost just choke. Just a choke, guys. Come on. <laughs> um, yeah, and oh, this is interesting. People can also, they st- still hear sounds um, of battle, like residual sounds of the war going on in the oh, house. Oh, cool. Yeah, which I think that would be cool. Like, that's not even scary. That's just cool. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, because residual hauntings, my understanding of residual hauntings is that you can't really interact with it. It's It's, like watching a TV program play out right now. Yeah, it's not conscious. If if it's a residual haunting, it's like, it's not a conscious thing. Like, it's basically an echo. It's just a repeat. I would love to experience a residual Um, haunting. I think that would be awesome. I'm not going to tell the story. I'm going to give a little teaser. Brandon's dad went at Gettysburg had a residual haunting happen to him and I I'm not gonna tell the story it is very good um I would believe that Brandon's dad is like Brandon's mom is the one that saw it happen to Brandon's dad and she's even more no bullcrap yeah like his parents are not the kind of people that would buy yeah they're they're pretty hardcore like this stuff does not Mm -hmm. exist yeah so whenever we cover that i'll tell that story Um, it's pretty good uh so shadow people can often be seen in the house and there are tons of photos that you can see um of these shadow people there's some there's a big mirror in the house and i've seen a few i forget i think it was in the sorrel house where there's a face in the oh, mirror. Yeah, we we yeah, I looked at this. You were yeah. telling, telling us and, about this and I looked at this. Yeah. Um it it's as clear as day. There's a bunch of people that are on tour and just one person stands out. Oh yeah, I remember um, this photo. Yeah. And super common. You can find shadow people in pictures all the time. It's very active for that sort of thing. And um Another thing people experience is they'll feel sharp pains in their sides um, or in their kidneys, and it feels like they're being stabbed, which I think, again, is another thing from the war. People getting stabbed, shot, and just, like, feeling the pains from that Hmm. today. Sounds like a whole bundle of fun. Yeah, it's great stuff. Choking, getting stabbed. Yeah. Um, And then my last thing is, so there's a man named Steve who, when it was apartments, he lived in the voodoo room, and he felt super uneasy living down there, and he asked to be moved to a higher floor, and when he was, he always heard sounds of parties and people talking from his old room, and when uh, he would go to investigate, the sounds would always stop, so as he would get closer to the room he used to live in, the sounds would go away. Huh. So it's yeah. interesting that like the closer he got to wait, so the closer he got to the voodoo room, the less the ghosts would bother him. Yeah, I guess. Well, yeah, the um, 
the sounds would get quieter. It's almost like, oh, he's on to us. Stop talking. Going to ghost mode. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he's hearing like parties and stuff. It's really interesting. That would be interesting because like the parties would be the like rich, la- like lord and ladies of the house. Um, so like the parties would be like the more of the masters of the house. So as you go down to the voodoo room, not the room that was the doctor's office where they performed surgeries and people died. Yeah, that's just it's interesting to think about that yeah. stuff. I don't know, unless the ghosts were mocking him. Unless the ghosts were mocking him, which they do do. So, I just, I, hmm. like, how dare you? You're not even alive. (laughs) (laughs) What else are they going to do other than mock? If I was a ghost, I would mock people all day long. Oh, I would be the queen mocker ghost. I'm alive and I mock people all day long. (laughs) Yeah, oh, yeah. I'd be like, oh, you want to get me? You want to get me? Go ahead, grab onto my arms. (laughs) You can't, sucker. (laughs) But, yeah. So that is the Yay! most haunted place in Savannah. Woo! Oh, and you can visit it. Yeah, it's a museum. It's a museum. You can go in. You can take pictures. I actually, uh, while, while you're talking, I was Googling pictures of the Sorrel Weed House Museum or Sorrel Weed Mirror. Um, and there's actually some pretty cool pictures on the internet. Yeah, check did it out. You, did you see the dork columns? I did not because the dork columns are on the outside, and I was looking at pictures from the inside. I, but oh, I thought you were gonna say no, I didn't because the dork columns right here, and I would have been so mad. The dork columns right here. I did not see them in the picture because this is the only ones here. Which you're six feet. T- I I Jackie and I are the same height, so I am not buying into this dork column thing. <laughs> so you're both dork columns. Yep, we are twin dork columns. Um, one of us is it. a Ravenclaw, and one of us is a Hufflepuff. So I would say the dork column. Whatever. Every Hufflepuff needs a Ravenclaw, just like every Ravenclaw needs hey, a Hufflepuff. Hey, a Slytherin and a Ravenclaw are, or no, it's a Slytherin and a Hufflepuff are the two that are going to take over a world. Yeah, and Casper's a Slytherin, and I'm a Hufflepuff, so. So world domination is ahead of us. Just don't burn the books. Um, well, if we still got time, I, want, I talked about this in the first time we recorded this, but um, I actually officially got permission to talk about it now, um, which is my friend's uh, current haunting that is happening at her house. Yes. Uh, do tell. What? I said do tell. Oh, do tell. Do tell. So, my dear sweet friend, um, I'm not going to say her name this time just because I want to keep her private, um, but I will tell her story. Um, but for the last couple weeks, she's been experiencing, like, weird things at her house. She's, like, seen shadow people. She's come back and, like, had her room smelling like sulfur or just, like, having really, really weird feelings in her room. Um, she's had a lot of, like, really weird dreams that happen. Um and uh, one of them, she even woke up and had the, like, very, very distinct feeling of being choked. Speaking of choking. Um, but Does your friend know that she has a demon and not a ghost? Yeah, she knows. Okay, good. She knows. We've had lots of talks about what to do. Because um, this, this is totally different treatment options here. Oh, yeah. Um, but most recently, her mom, like, came into her room because she could hear, like, she could hear the girl talking in her sleep. Um, and, uh, like, this is something she, like, she never does. She never talks in her sleep. And her mom comes in and she's like, hey, honey, like, what are, what are you doing? Why are you talking in your sleep? And she's basically like, he won't leave me alone. 
he's lying next to me and he watches me while I sleep, having this entire conversation with this person who was not there. And she even looked over to her side and started talking to him. Um, and in the process, found out that his name was Kevin, which I think is a dumbass demon name, but you know, that's my Kevin, dad's name. Judge. Settle down. Yeah, but your dad is just like not a demon. An accountant. So it's oh, maybe he is a demon. Maybe he is a demon. <laughs> um, but yeah, the demon so, accountant. Uh, me and my friend, we were talking and I was like, well, you know, I'm not going to judge you, but like, did you do anything to like maybe invite a spirit in? Did you like talk, like use any kind of like tarot cards or like gems? Did you do anything? And she was like, no, no, I haven't done anything. My mom played with a Ouija board when she was a kid, though. And I was like, yeah, that would do it. So apparently when her mom was a kid, uh, she and her friends would like play with this Ouija board and they came in contact with some sort of spirit. And apparently it was very malevolent and very mean. And it ended up getting so bad that the girls burned the Ouija board, which is no. like, no, is that what you're not supposed I know not to do? To do. That's the exact opposite of what you're supposed Look, to do. Thor's ears just went back when we, when you said burn the Ouija board. <gasps> Whoa! Even oh, there's the a cast- fly. <laughs> <laughs> Thor's attacking something invisible in the air. So Can right you- when I said burn the Ouija board, Thor jumped in the air, which this isn't normal for her, and like pawed at something. But then I saw it was like a fly. So <laughs> we got scared oh, for no reason. But yeah, I uh, will keep you guys updated. Um, we... Um, I- yeah. Me and my friends are pretty uh, familiar with how to handle ghosts and spirits and demons. We're pretty familiar. But if any of our listeners have any suggestions, um, well, I would gladly hear them and I will pass them along to my friends. But um, we've had some talks about how to protect her and what to do. And uh, I will keep the podcast updated on any further stuff that happens with my friends. For sure. Now, um, Mile 13, like the number one, the number three show, mile13show at gmail.com if you have any suggestions. Now, my question is, do you think that this demon is especially malevolent because his name is Kevin and he's kind of <laughs> mad that, like, he doesn't get a cool name like Beelzebub? He spilled or, his chili all over the... Or, them. like, they're, like, all jokes aside, like, knowing a demon's name gives you power over said demon so like i'm thinking he just came up with a dumbass human name to be like yeah right call me kevin my name's uh <clears throat> kevin my name's um Ooh, kevin i'm kevin boogie i was talking to my girlfriend about it and they were talking to their old friends from st louis who is like they're all cup like they have a whole coven of themselves and my girlfriend was like so the demon's name is kevin and they were like don't give him a nickname giving him a nickname gives them power and we're like no no no. he gave himself a nickname <laughs> so we didn't do you that. guys are pretty much bros now <laughs> You know it's really uncool to give yourself my, a nickname just yeah. saying. Yeah, demon bro, Kev. <laughs> it's really stupid when someone says, oh, my name is, and says a nickname. So I feel like it's the demon's first day on the job, and he really <laughs> wants friends because he hasn't made connections yet. My name's Kev. My name's uh, uh, Kevin. Be my friend. One of my favorite animated shorts, I will shamelessly plug it right now, but it's called Welcome to Hell. It's this beautiful little animated short you can find on YouTube, but it's a story of this kid who ends up becoming a demon, and it is his job to haunt this teenager and 
like convince the teenager to punch their own ticket and become a demon themselves and he's not doing a very good job but he like is haunting the kid and it's the kid's first day uh, at like it's the first day and they get to the house and the kid turns around he's like what are you even doing and the demon goes i'm um I'm a demon and I'm here to haunt you. Wait, no, that was terrible. And I just like, if I was ever a demon, that a hundred percent would be my like method for haunting people. Anyway, still her favorite. But yes, <laughs> please keep us updated on Kevin the Demon. On Kevin the Demon, yes. Yeah. Oh, what? There was something I was gonna say and I forgot it, oh, and it was important. It was like, bad. hey, make sure you tell us this. Uh, could it have been suggestions for upcoming episodes? we'll take those oh no well yeah yeah <laughs> but so what i was gonna say is um if anyone has gone to any of the places yeah. that we've talked about or yeah. are going to talk about email us and let us know because that would be really cool to add if you've been to the sorrel weed house or um casper what did you talk about last week last week i talked about the mercer williams house that's what i talked about Okay, yeah, if anyone's been there, had weird experiences or feelings, let us know. I'm very interested to see if what you experienced matches yeah. up with us. We have seriously talked about doing an episode, like, uh, in a while where we go back, and we go back to Savannah, and we talk about, like, your guys' experiences there. Um, and it doesn't even have to be at any of the places we covered. It could be any experiences in Savannah. Yeah. Um, so if you've had any weird, scary, creepy stories about Savannah, uh, just write them up. Send them to us. Let us know if you want us to use your actual name, your screen name, if you want to stay anonymous, whatever. It's cool. Your pronouns. And, yeah, your preferred pronouns. And if anybody has, like, any suggestions of what we should cover next, um, my favorite thing is finding, like, tiny, tiny, like, little, little towns nobody knows about and hearing just the, like, weird, fucked-up ghost stories about those towns because those yeah. are the best. Even if it's not really knows the big Savannah. ones. It's the tiny ones mm-hmm. that I love. Spoiler alert. That's our next town. <laughs> After we're done with Savannah, we have a little tiny town here in Ohio. Um, I'm not going to tell you what it is. But you'll just have to stick with us. Wait. But we are going... That'll be a single episode one. Uh, so that'll be... So hopefully um, we will have... Sav- Savannah episode two up and not disappeared soon. Soon. Uh, followed by Savannah episode three. Mm-hmm. And then our little local town. Kind of local. Yeah. A real local, couple hours away from where Jackie and I are. Right Casper now. and I have been there together before. Yeah. No big deal. Just something. My something dad almost died there. We, uh, we've actually been there. I yeah. almost went to. I've been there, but I'm not with you guys, but I have been there and almost went to college there. Wow. Brent almost went to college. Hint, oh no, hint. my my it's best a, friend did go to college it's a, there. It's a spo- there's a there's a hint for you. It's a college town in Ohio. In Ohio, I don't not know if that's oh, actually. Yeah, I know everybody's gonna, gonna help think at all. This. No, it's even smaller. So yeah. it's really pretty though. Yeah. All right. All right. So uh, with that, follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Facebook. Um, as we were talking, I upload. Casper sent Jackie and me a su- two super super adorable pictures of Artemis, <laughs> and one of them is now on our mile thirteen. Facebook she was page. sleeping at the foot of my bed. I'm casually laying in bed while I record this episode, but she was sitting on the uh, sitting on the foot uh, foot of my bed the entire time. She is stinking adorable. <gasps> oh uh, yeah! Oh my gosh! So they are cute. Go to our follow Facebook us. page and follow us for pictures of Artemis. Um, maybe we'll put up some pictures of the Sorrel Weed House ghosts that on could be Instagram fun. or something. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe. maybe. We also have a YouTube channel. We do. Uh, we do. Uh, 
So periodically, also, if there's something, like, if you would like us to have, like, Mile 13 videos, give us suggestions. We'll put them on the YouTube channel. Yeah. And I know no one's listening at this point because I always cut off the last five minutes of the podcast when I start plugging things. Yeah, well, right. I think that's it. That's it. Yep. Peace out, y'all. All right. Yep. Bye. Be, a, be good a people. Sassy pineapple. Don't be a passive aggressive pineapple. Aggressive Don't pineapple. be passive aggressive pineapples. <laughs> All right. Stay tuned. See you next week. Bye. Bye.